Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you are in the world today. Welcome to T25 Seal Entertainment, Galaxy Talk Radio. United We Stand is the name of my show, and I'm your host, Galaxy Chief Andre Ward. It's Saturday, March 9th, 2019. It is currently 10 a.m. here on the West Coast. The time goes up an hour tomorrow, so be prepared for it. Okay, we were off last week. We were in L.A., and so we're back here on the block. Let's go over some temperatures around the world. It's 55 degrees here in Oakland, 52 in our sister city, Los Angeles, 62 in Tulsa, Oklahoma, 40 in New York City, 53 in London, England, 86 in our other sister city, Lagos, Nigeria, and 77 degrees in Nairobi, Kenya. All right, let's just go over some promos. Hear about who we are. T25CL is your platform for digital entertainment. Please listen to our 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week radio show featuring jazz, R&B, blues, international hip-hop, and gospel music. Check out the many music artists with available CDs for downloading to your listening devices. We have four radio talk shows. On Sunday, we have one-on-one with King Coco and with your host, Coco Wapan. Monday, we have Compton Politics with Lorenzo Elvis Murphy. And on Wednesday, we have the star of United We Stand, Rosalind Jordan Mills and Rosalind's Corner. And on Saturdays, my show, United We Stand with yours truly. Check out our website for times and login information for each of the shows. We here at Galaxy Talk Radio, we're not professional broadcasters. We offer a platform for independent artists, filmmakers, and writers to advertise what they do and also for the listening audience to call in and meet our artists as well as expressing themselves on what is going on in the world. As you know, my show, United We Stand, was named after our film, United We Stand. But the intent was to bring attention to the bike economy on a global basis. Our intent is to reach across America and across the globe to build a universal economy and to make new trading partners abroad. As I've said before, our spending capacity here in the United States is $1.3 trillion annually, would be the equivalent to the seventh greatest economy in the world. The problem is the circulation of our wealth in our communities and with other Black-owned businesses in the U.S. and Black-on-Black corporate crime. When dollars are not recirculated, invested into the community, we have business failures and massive unemployment as we do today. Please visit our website at www.t25co.com. Listen to the free 30-second clip of our music artists such as Charles Small, Brenda Lee Egger, Mark Allen Felton, Rosalind Jordan Mills, Ranzel Merritt, Myron Edwins, Hunk Brownie, Cartier Jonez, and Mr. Gates. Kimba Young Bobby and Lexi, Wally Taylor, Chet uh, Willis, Five Tempting Men, Roy Wainwright. Check out the five. Check out the Camp Choice trailer and rent the film. Also, the one we are most proud of, United We Stand. For those of you listening. You know, on the website, if you want to call in and ask questions or to make a comment, call 605-562-0444. Our show code is 139283. And you can also tune in anywhere in the world that you want by 
going to the website and it's going to Galaxy Talk Radio and clicking on whatever show you want to listen to. And you can just go right on the computer and you can talk right through the machine and you can see the live board and, and all of that. All right. What's going on in the world? Uh, let's see. Our Black History Month celebrations will conclude on March 23rd with a screen premiere showing our film, uh, United We Stand, at the Student Union Theater at San Jose State. We were there well, a couple of weeks ago, and this theater is just great. It's a super cool theater. And for those of you who are going to be coming, you're going to really have a nice experience. Nice, comfortable seats, nice, uh, wide uh, walkways in the theater, something you don't get in uh, the theaters here locally. But uh, really am proud of San, uh, for San Jose State and what they have done um, in, in building that theater. It's a new theater. It's super cool. And it's in the Student Union building. They also have a bowling alley there, too. And so it, it's just super fantastic. So those of you are going to come, um, if you haven't seen it on our website or if you haven't gotten a video email, you should have gotten it by now. That's going to be on March 23rd at 5 p.m. And uh, get there early, around 4.30 or so. I believe the doors open up about between 4 and 4.30. And uh, come on in, get a good, comfortable seat. And uh, we're really going to have a, a great showing of uh, United We Stand. All right, what's going on on the global front? Um, let's talk about some things that uh, we've been hearing. Uh, we've been hearing, uh, we'll call it rumors until it becomes a, a reality. And uh, we've been hearing rumors of this uh, global currency reset and the implementation of humanitarian funding to eradicate global poverty, such as what we are depicting in United We Stand. This is the topic of today's show. What does humanitarianism mean to you and your local economy? What is needed where you live? What would you want to change? And as you can see, when I sent out the email blast, there are several things there that I kind of selected from that we needed some assistance with, such as the education with the school programs and getting good quality food to the children. We definitely need uh, economic stimulus to small and medium-sized businesses. Uh, we need to be able to um, hire people ourselves. Uh, we need to reduce the unemployment rate in our in our communities. We need uh, affordable housing. We need to clean up the air, the water. We do need new energy generation. We need to even get away from uh, these cars burning gasoline. And so um, I'm just going to read off some things that I've been hearing about and researching over the Internet. And then we're going to go to you. And uh, just kind of be prepared to say what type of changes that you would love to see if humanitarian, I should say, when humanitarian funds become available locally um, with us, what would you like to see happen? 
All right, let me just go over some things and then we'll go to the boards and we want to hear from you. Uh, the RV began in a slow rollout uh, last Friday, March 1st at 3 p.m. Eastern time. And when the new U.S. Treasury notes were made live on March 4th, Zimbabwe legally demonetized their Zim bond notes, allowing Zim redemptions at one-to-one -one ratio with the U.S. dollar. The global currency reset was fully operational by Tuesday, March 5th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And Zimbabwe President Emerson Ngagwa released their Zimbabwean notes. An hour later, on the same day, Tuesday, March 5th, um, President Trump signed an executive order that continued U.S. sanctions in Zimbabwe, which protected the Zimbabwean notes from being used by the cabal central banking system. That same Tuesday, March 5th at 1 p.m. in Reno, Nevada, the green light was issued for payments to buyers and payers. On March 6th at 8.15 Eastern Standard Time, some fines, penalties, and the group known as the Big Boys were paid out. It was rumored that by Thursday, March 7th, the Cherokee Nation had been paid. That would be mean that the fines and penalties have been paid and adjudicated counts were being paid. U.S. banks were not fully Basel compliant and did not have authority to redeem Zimbabwe's. The reason Trump extended the sanctions on Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe redemptions through HSBC banks would likely be completed before currency exchanges began. Zim redeemers would be contacted through EBS texts. If you had Zimbabwe, and were not contacted through the EBS text, you would use 800 number to find out where you could redeem your Zim bonds. Next Sunday, March 10th, arrest of well-known global and political elites were scheduled to be revealed on the now over 82,324 sealed indictments. Boy. The Ides of March should be bring 85,000 sealed indictments and many arrests in the U.S., according to the Pentagon sources. Bankers are expecting the first currency people in the banks on March 11th and 12th. Back on, back on October 1st, 2018, the New York Stock Exchange had all gains for the year and for the last six months has been on the brink of collapse. With no rival Revival insight, distractions to hide the RV which surround the stock market plummet. President Trump and Mueller report. QAnon tweeted that big things were now implementing March 19. The global announcement of the gold asset-backed global currency system was set for March 29th, after which the general public could bid begin exchanges. The Federal Reserve and the IRS were closing their books and would be gone by October 2019. Monies paid to them this year would be reimbursed. That means if you pay taxes this year, you're going to be reimbursed for those monies that you have paid to the IRS. And finally, 
implementation of a gold asset-backed global currency reset, and it's very efficient in transparent digital finance quantum computer out of China was expected to end monetary laundering, money laundering operations of the Vatican Bank, decouple the Vatican Bank and its child human trafficking gun and drug running of various mafias, plus close 6,000 Vatican Bank accounts and used to blackmail world leaders for political gain. Now, people that are hearing my voice all over the world, you know, this world has just been riddled with corruption, deception. We've seen what it has done with this Rothschild system, this fiat-making system, uh, what has happened with slavery. We've uh, seen all these crooked things that has been happening by way of Wall Street and the stock markets and the banking system and how unfair things have been, and especially since us coming into this country some almost some 400 years ago. And now with the implementation we're just going to try to keep it simple. We won't get into too many technical terms what's happening. So let's just call it humanitarian funding. And if you were close to someone who was a beneficiary of this humanitarian funding, what would you like to see happen? What sort of changes would you love to see happening in your community, whether it's in California, whether it's in parts of Africa, Europe, Asia, it doesn't matter. But we have to start implementing change and we have to sort of like take this into our own hands. And so this is what we'll just call them the good guys at this point in time are initiating. They want these funds to be put in the hands of good people who want to do good things to clear up some of the ills of this planet. Knowing that the corporations won't do it, knowing that the government won't do it. So guess what? They will put these funds in our hands to get it done. If you put it in the hands of the people, the people will make sure that this will get, get the job will get done. And we know that we got to provide housing. We got to provide employment. We got to do some manufacturing, produce goods and services. And so let's just kind of hear from you at the moment. And we need to know, let's just assume for the moment, if I was a recipient of these funds, what would you want me to do with these monies? All right, let's go to the board. Let's go to our dear friend, Sister Gina. Happy birthday, my sister. How are you doing? Are you I'm there? fine. Thank you. Yeah, I'm there. I'm sorry. I have my own mute button on. I'm fine. Thank you. Um, what I would like to see is um, some programs implemented for the deep systemic racism within certain industries and pockets, uh, child trafficking, women, tra women trafficking, 
I'd like to see all that abolished, seriously. Um, it seems like it's a, a huge, well, it is a huge problem. It doesn't seem like it is. It is also uh, the housing market. I was just speaking with you. There's some new, um, I don't know, the apartments are, I call them rooms, 600, 600 square feet for $3,800 for a one-bedroom. 600 then, square feet? Yeah, I forgot to tell you that, 600 square studio size, less than a studio. 600 square feet, $3,800, two bedrooms, $5,800. You know what? You can't house all of Silicon Valley because half of them that make, what, under $250,000, they're considered poverty level in California. Now, that kind of greed, I I don't quite get that. I mean... I just don't. I just don't see the the. I don't see the demand there. I don't. Where's the demand coming from? Then, then another thing too. Like I said, the systemic uh, part of the racism. There's a lot of migrants. A lot of people coming in from. Um, and not my, well, they're just moving in from the the deep south, and they're bringing all that hate and bigotry to the Bay and to Southern California. Um, I'm interviewing, and I have come upon. I interviewed with a with a 75 year old. This man hasn't read an HR book since uh, Poochie was a pup, mm-hmm. and asked me every illegal question under the book. Then turned around, told me I couldn't do the job. So it was a lunch interview, but I continued to sell myself like you know, like was a bale of cotton. I'm sorry. <laughs> then at mm-hmm. one point in the restaurant, I mumbled under my breath. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to enjoy your food, and he paid for my transportation to get home like I was some poverty case, and just tell me how I couldn't do the job and I wouldn't be able to do the job, but you sat there and explained, you know, bragged to me about this, here we go with the supremacy and this emboldened, um, your son studying to be an ENT, what is your son doing? That's none of your freaking business. You know, um, so if, if I were receiving these funds, you would say, hey, we you need to hire as many people as you can, and especially those that are having challenges getting employment employment these days. Well, no, you know, what programs to go. Here's here's what. Here, OK, I'm gonna give you another another take. There has to be, I mean, there's, there's, there's agencies that are in place, but they take too long to get to certain things. Okay, so I'm going to give you another example. This is what I'm experiencing out in the job market. I'm not stupid. So I'm applying for a job at said hotel, right? There's a, a, like five of them will come open. So then when I apply for them, they say, if you have this education, you don't have to have the experience. Okay, okay, fine. But because... The hotel was built in the 1800s. They hired people back then, too, and they're still there. So from what I've been hearing, because I have inside sources, is that those seats come available, but they hire their race. Mm -hmm. Then it's the millennials that you're hiring, and they're like, F you. We don't want to stay here. I don't like this job. They just get up and go. No no two weeks, no nothing. They're gone. Then I get an invitation again to apply for for the same two jobs. Now, mind you, I was – uh, there's another technique to go in the back door, and that's to go directly to the hiring manager. When said person went to go to this manager to say, who's the hiring manager? Who Can, can I have the email? Said go to corporate. I, I got sent to uh, some state back east. Call that state back east, ask who the corporate person, the hiring manager is, or where's your HR that 
funnels back to San Francisco. Guess what I was told? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, you have to call San Francisco. We don't do that. So someone in HR is lying. Some manager sitting at the desk is lying. And said racist sitting at her desk, anything that comes through that's not with the last name of Wong or uh, 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 whatever, she denies it, sends it back to HR until she gets a, b- a batch more, and then she hires who she wants in there. But there are no people of any other race but hers. That kind of systemic racism, how do I know this is happening? Because I have people inside that company that have gone around and monitored, looked, asked questions, did some investigation for me. Then I call back east to find out, oh, we don't do that procedure, but, you, but the manager over, the, over that financial whole thing lied to this person and said, oh, it has to go to corporate first. That's bullshit. That kind of thing, some money really needs to be put in because you have hostility amongst our people, and then they don't, they're looking at the surface and the sheeple level. There's another layer that's way down there, and that needs to be kicked in the butt and knocked out of place because it's holding us down. We can't eat. We can't provide food. You, you, you're doing everything you can. You're, you're running around in this little rat race, but it's not you. It's, it's, it is the system. And I just want to say, black unemployment just went down in January of 2019. It, was, it stayed steady at 7%. It just dropped to 5 My phone finally started freaking ringing, and I'm going out on interviews. That's not a coincidence. That's not a coincidence. I've been spinning my wheels, getting nowhere, but now the little gate opened up just a little bit. So I have to go check the numbers again see what February's numbers are. But that's, that's the kind of stuff – that I would love to see money dumped into because that's the only time – I won't say that's the only way, but that's one way of us getting a, even, uh, a, a, a seat at the table, and I'd like to go buy a steak too. How's that? Buy a who? <laughs> a steak. I'm being funny. I want a steak at the table. Oh, when, you, oh, when, oh. You deny me, when you deny me funds, I can't eat. I can't house at, at your $5,800 two-bedroom, your, your $3,800 one-bedroom. That's just BS. We only want elite. No, you know what? The, the underlings, we'll, they'll get together and burn this whole whole country down. <laughs> would you say that the problem is in the HR departments? I would say, you know what? That's the part I can't put, quite put my finger on. They're getting their direct. I want to see that it's part state, local government, and government because you have to abide by some compliance laws, right? But once those compliant laws are funneled out into companies, who's really doing the checkup? Because the scenario I told you about the hotel, that's true. Because I couldn't figure out why I've applied for this job for like two years straight when it distinctly says no experience. But if you have all these 99 degrees, which I do, come on board. But I keep getting rejected. So I... I'm going to, I have a well-renowned job coach, and I've been using her guidelines, and they work. So I was getting ready to use one of her techniques is to go in the back door, find out who's hiring for that job, send your, res, send your resume directly to them, forget the recruiting office. When the person that works in the hotel went to get the hiring manager, they said, oh, no, 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 it has to go through corporate. So what it does is it, she lied and said it has to go to corporate. So it, in other words, continue to send it into this link. It's going to go to HR. HR is going to send me a batch. That way 
I can stay here while I do my under, while I do my dirt. But when I called the corporate office, corporate office told me in their HR department, it doesn't work like that. You send it to the HR department in San Francisco. Well, that's that link for that person for for my resume to go back to that same chain. For I know the woman's name for it to go back to Miss Racist. Miss Racist sits there, and if like if my if I change my last name to Song Wong, she'd keep it. Mm-hmm. But it's Gina Jackson, American. Let me move that out out of the way. I'm only going to look in these, and from what I understand, the two jobs that I've been going after, they've all been filled by Asians. That's systemic racism. That's, that's at the bottom of the barrel inside the company. That I would like to see some money put towards. That abolished. All right. Because it's all keeping right. a lot of minorities away and out. All right. We're going to come back to you with some more suggestions. I want to go over to Brother Ivy, and I know Brother Ivy has some insights on this situation. Brother Ivy, I, I, I how you doing, sir? Uh, blessed for the day, and I uh, hope all you all good. Uh, thank you for having me on T25CL, Galaxy yes, Radio. It's so, always a pleasure to have my big brother on, on the on the call. Yeah, double cheers. Yeah, thank you very much. So your tipping really went well? Wait a minute. Gina's making a lot of noise, so let me mute her for a minute. Go ahead. Yeah, what did you say, sir? Yeah, you know, the uh, L.A. Uh, trip. Yeah, L.A. trip was very, very good. Man, it it was amazing. I'm glad you brought that up. And uh, went to L.A., drove down uh, Interstate 5, me and Ricardo, and it's it's just something, man. When you're on Interstate Five, from here to down there at Bakersfield, the 58, you see nothing but these trees, these new trees that have been planted by these farmers. Millions and millions of trees. They're either some fruit trees or nut trees or something. But it's agriculture. It's not decoration on the freeway. It's agriculture. Uh, trees and there's just miles and miles and miles of these trees and it's quite incredulous and and I just would love to know what is going on and in the agriculture world that somebody is having some degree of foresight to whatever they're growing it's either some degree of fruits or nuts and and it used to be you'll see maybe some alfalfa or strawberries out there on the side of the road, but there's just miles and miles and miles of these trees. And then and then when you see that, you know, it makes you think about Africa. Man, this would be a little a little peck on the tip of the pinhead. If, Agri- if Africa would do the same thing with the land resources that are there, I mean, it's it's how come, uh, Brother Ivy, this same thing isn't being done in Africa, which has some of the richest soil in the world, plenty of land to do it on, and and, and you, you just don't see this type of growth going on in Africa. 
Well, it's a it's a whole different, uh, a pretty much a perception of uh, you know the environment that we live in, because mm-hmm. uh, with the uh, uh, with the um, um, sustainable uh, what do you call it uh, the uh, UN uh, in the uh, um, trying to curb the uh, global warming thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think California is taking the lead on that, so that wouldn't be too far from, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, sustainable global goals, you know, uh, that they're trying to achieve by growing the trees and, you know, also converting it into carbon credit. So mm. if you look at it that way, I think that could be what the you know driving at, but in Africa, um, the whole the equation is different because uh, an individual wouldn't do that, but the government would have such a monetary uh, a, a financial capa- capability or capacity to do so. And when such funds is placed under the care of uh, an individual, that money would uh, pretty much, uh, you know, um, evaporate into the uh, Bermuda Triangle, and everybody is looking at it evaporating, and someone is sucking it from the other end, and nothing is done about it. No one says a thing. Nobody goes to jail. Nobody gets booked. So. It's so you're saying problem. even if money was there to do this, if somebody put up a billion dollars to do agriculture in Africa, you're saying that it would never happen because of the people in the mi- in the middle would misappropriate the funds. Yeah, but uh, you know, on a corporate level, where the funds are well managed. And the project, uh, well, uh, you know, uh, 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 articulated, the resources are located. Yes, it is very, very possible. And that could be done faster than you know, anything. But when it goes through the system that you can only understand the entry point, the point of entry where the funds are located and it's collected and but whatever happens to it after that, uh, you will never see the the end of it. You never see the programming implemented, and if it is implemented, it wouldn't be implemented, you know, to um, to meet the uh, you know standards of uh, you know uh, with you know of the uh, uh, perceived project. So, you know, I got a call from a friend of mine the other day, Nigerian brother. He said this guy had a house with a basement in Nigeria, in and the house caught on fire. But in the basement, he had over a billion dollars in cash, and all the money burned up. You know, I, and I used. To, did you hear that story? What was that? Maybe that's what is circulating on the internet because I've seen uh, some pictures of some money, you know, being charged. Yeah. 
Yeah, maybe that is it. Well, but I've been hearing even way back when I was in Nigeria back in 2000 that uh, this guy had a bunch of money piled up in a wall. Bash Ali told me this story in a in a room in his home. And then um, he would have people come to this gate and you tell them a story and what your situation is. And then he'll give you a few nairas, a few kobos. If you tell him a good story, he'll give you a, a few nairas. And you hear things like that. And then sometimes people get busted over there. And uh, the monies are, are discovered. So I, I, I'm thinking that this is more massive, more pervasive uh, than what we probably even know with um with the monies that have been stolen and um, misappropriated next thing you know the monies are in somebody's basement or in another bedroom so brother i'd be the same question to you is what what would be needed either in your local economy where you are now or back in africa if humanitarian funds are here and hear these people go all the time when I'm on the radio. If the monies are there, what would you love to see happen in your community, either here or abroad? Well, in the community here is uh, to empower the uh, uh, the young men and women of color you know, to train them skill-wise and also uh, be able to uh, uh, have them uh, take full advantage of the skill by setting up a, a micro business for them. You know, set up micro factories, set up micro business for them to to run within the community. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. be able to grow, uh, you know, reinvigorate uh, uh, the community. Um, you know, uh, enterprise wise as well as uh, create some uh, pretty much a tech, uh, you know, the, uh, tech-oriented uh, uh, um, uh, projects for them to, to you know, to uh, learn and also to be able to manage. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, we are being left behind because uh, uh, things have changed uh, drastically and uh, software development, uh, coding, and all that stuff. So if you get into the communities, we are still in the uh, pretty much uh, analog mode, even though some of our youths are uh, picking up some of the skills in schools, and then some are winging it and uh, you know, making the best out of it. But we still have a, a vast majority of uh, of our youths uh, here and in Africa that are left behind. Hey, yes, Coco, hang on a sec. Hang on a sec. Okay. Uh-oh. He went away. Okay, he'll be back on. Gino, are you still there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. And it's one thing I I do know that 
when these funds become available. And just like with the things that you're talking about with the employment, and even uh, we were talking about this the other day with funds in hand, and then we're going to have to be hiring a whole bunch of people right away. And even that's not going to be an easy task. I mean, the first thing you got to do is start with that HR department. You know, we got to have job descriptions and policies, and, you know, you got all these crazy new laws that uh, are in place uh, now. And and I've always said, even years ago, one of the most frightening things is going to be when you start bringing people in off the streets that you don't know and you want these people to come into your place of business and do a great job and represent your company very well. And then what happens when they don't represent your company very well? And I'm crossing over racial or religious lines right now, not even thinking along that line. Whoever is going to be, you want that person to do a great job, but you don't want people bringing in issues to your place of business. And I kind of find that to be a very frightening thing when you become a startup, when you initially got to get started and you desperately need people to get things to going, you know? So I'm kind of looking at this from a, from an employer standpoint with all the things that's got to be done to um, get a company kicked off the ground. And let's just say, even if you have the resources to do it, resources is not the uh, issue. The issue is is bringing in good quality people. And one thing you don't want is, uh, you know, you don't want the racist type people coming in. You don't want lunatics coming in. and You don't want people coming in that, um, are looking at an opportunity to sue you because they think, oh, this dude looks like he might have a, a billion dollars at, at his disposal. So let me see what I can do to uh, lie, cheat, and steal to get some of those funds. So those are the sort of things that I'm looking at. So do you think I'm looking, I'm far reaching and looking at this? Am I overlooking at it? What's your take on it? You're asking me? Yeah. No, actually, I don't, because I had a conversation with someone um, regarding that last night. She, of course, she's having more opportunities than I am. I mean, she's interviewing two and three times a day, almost every day. Um, oh. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, different industry, different color. Anyway, uh, she knows it, too. So we had some deep-rooted conversations last night in regards to that, and she's picking up on biases, even though she's not African-American, she's picking up on them to where she could be used in this system. And it's making her uncomfortable. And she hit on some really valid things last night, and it's what you're saying. So she has like four companies in front of her, and, you know, it was a birthday lunch, so we went, and she just wanted my opinion. So I helped her rank them. Before I could catch my words, I won the job. I said, oh, you'll be a bouncing Barbie. She took offense, <laughs> but we we go back 19 years. So I told her, pick her feelings up off the ground. She'll be all right. 
And I did laugh because yeah. before I could catch it, it came out. But I had to break Bouncing Barbie down to her because she's not used to that environment. And that's the environment that would use her and chew her up and spit her out. And she, she kind of sensed that, but she, didn't, she, she wasn't really sure. But I, everything that you're speaking of, she brought those points up. And, mm. But it can go in the reverse with the company for the employee because she's got a basket full of, of, of operational skills. She's, she will get your stuff going and maintain it and make sure it's a fine, it's, it's rolling around. But she's run into a lot of obstacles doing that where she's been brought in for change. And she was looking at all, all of the jobs and trying to pick them apart, you know, as to which one would be the best fit for me. So at the end of the day, the number one candidate, that she, the job that she's waiting for in biding time is uh, another company that's a, a startup, like you just said. And her operational skills and her tech skills will fit in that. that. But with everything that you brought up is valid. She hit on everything, but it's, it was from the reverse. So she mm. had to peel back all of those and knock the jobs off that were coming at her with a deceit. Oh, we want you, but we want you, you know, blah, blah, blah. Even Ernst & Young wants her. And, and she doesn't want to go there because the woman that runs the office is 90 or so. She's really, she's an elderly. She's elderly, so it's like you don't want to go under the umbrella of the horse and buggy days because to me those are the ones that are not really reading all the compliance laws and things that have changed, and they're still running it in the horse and buggy thing. And one woman, case in point, they had an interview, and the woman said, well, you have some, um, the person that was in this job was there for 10 years, and she told my friends, you have some very big shoes to fill. Well, when we were talking yesterday, I'm like, so did your feet grow 10 sizes bigger or do you have to jump in the door, fill in the shoes to where your feet are busting out of the, the shoe? That's the implication. Why would you set yourself up for failure? So it goes both ways. You know, so that job mm-hmm. is like that, that she's going to go just for the sake of carrying it through next Thursday, but that job is out the door. Don't even make me an offer. I don't want it. Because the, wrong, the thing that you opened up with your bias is that you have some big shoes to fill. No, you have someone to groom for 10 more years to get them to fill those shoes. But see, my smart mouth would have said that. Anyway, that's well, my take. All right. Thank you for the commentary, and I'll definitely be consulting <laughs> with you on these issues very soon. And okay. uh, I want to get back to um, the, these apartments in Jack London Square. And if you remember way back in the middle 1980s when we first met, that's where I was living in Jack London Square. Remember my old place over there? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that I was paying, what, $285 or $185 or 385 a month uh, for rent. And I miss that place to this very day. I miss watching those boats go by. place was serene. Yeah, yeah. It's still really calm over there, too. You know, and I could have bought the place for 50 grand. Wow. But, you know, we just didn't have the foresight. No. Missed opportunities. Yeah. And they said, oh, yeah, you can buy your unit. We're going condos. You can buy it for 50 grand. 50 grand? Are you out of your mind? And so, but I I just miss my little apartment, Unit 224, 5 Embarcadero West. But I definitely, definitely miss that place. But 
my question to you is is with these high rents like they are $3,800 for 600 square feet that was the size of my unit at Portobello is about the same size so if I was paying I think it was $285 a month back then and now they want three hundred and thirty eight hundred dollars a month for a unit of the same size. In your opinion, is this going beyond economics and is this corporate racism to the point that whereas they only want a certain segment of people there? And okay, so I'm sorry. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be race. It just depends on your income level. Because if you can pay thirty-eight hundred dollars a month in rent like that, that means that you're making a grip of money, and so therefore you got some degree of sense. Okay, but 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 my question is this: um, I think it's over a hundred thousand. I forgot where the poverty level is now in California, but it's it's up in the higher in- incomes. Um, I'm wondering if the migration from more, more racism from the South to turn California into just the elite playground, is, is this going to be like the whole state is the Trump Tower? Because that's the prices that are here, but I don't see the jobs. When I look for the jobs, oh, another thing, another thing someone said to me, when I look for the jobs, they're just not paying that unless you're making a lot of money and you're not a family of four, you're a family of one, then you'd have to bite the bullet and pay that high, high ass rent, I guess, or until you find something different. I don't know. Um, I, I had one person. She didn't reform. She didn't up example. She didn't format my resume after laughing at her because this is one of bougie accounting places I can't stand. Anyway, she um, didn't format my resume correctly, told me I wasn't going to get more than $20 an hour. So we both laughed in her face. Like, yeah, all right, okay. I gotcha. But anyway, I, I don't know. It was just, you know, like I get those dings, those personal digs, and I just sit and look at people. And I'm like, where are you getting this barometer to even say something like that? But to me, that was just nasty. So you're telling me I'm not going to get more than $20 an hour. Well, basically, you're telling me I'm not going to eat and I'm not going to pay my rent. That's what I don't know. I don't understand why these rents are so high because I don't see the salaries for them, nor do I read about it because I'm looking for a job every day. Articles come through. Articles are sent to me. I read. I look. I listen. I like to go on my underground news about it all, and I just see a collapse coming. But what what's the trigger that's going to pull or like a little bomb and it's going to go poof because they're not stopping the build. I don't, I don't get it. I, I just mm. really don't. 20, you right. know, unless you have 20 people, 20 people to an apartment. You know what I envision in the next 20 years? They all become slums. You're setting this place up to become a dark force. It's not going to be the, the – the, maybe it's, it's being groomed to be the elite mecca, and there's some forums out there, some documentary or some newspapers, but we don't know because I, I just don't – I don't see it. I just yeah, – I don't see it. The incomes are not – the trees are not bearing that kind of fruit. 
They're just well, not. and you know what? And down in uh, Milpitas, uh, where uh, Ricardo stays, they got thousands of a new construction of apartments going down there. I mean, just the same type of apartment buildings that you're seeing in Jaglanon Square. They're building them uh, in Milpitas as well. And it's just incredulous to see the amount of units. Now, one of the things I thought about, too, in a, a little place like Milpitas, once these things are up, they're fully operational, the, the traffic is going to be a nightmare down there. Just It's just going to be a nightmare in the morning and then in the commute hours in the evening when people are returning um, back home. And, but the flip side of all that is when you have that massing uh, with that, that amount of people, thousands of people just hitting a community, a suburban community like that, now you're going to have to get your support services up, like cleaners, grocery stores, restaurants, and uh, barber shops, beauty shops. And all these sort of things are going to have to be implemented around uh, these uh, uh, residential units. And that's the good thing, because you do want these businesses to get that business. So that can be good. That means employment. But that also means now um, that's going to be more traffic coming in there, too. Because uh, the people that are going to be working there and those people that are going to be working in those jobs are not going to be making that much money per hour, probably minimum wage or slightly above minimum wage. And now they got to drive out of there because they can't live there because they can't afford those rents. And that's even happening in Silicon Valley now. Um, and a lot of these uh, restaurants, the people that uh, work in there as cooks or waiters and and waitresses and that sort of thing they can't work for a low wage and still they got to probably drive some 50 or 60 miles to work because they're not making that much money and you can't afford to live in those silicon valley type type towns and so that's a problem down there as well and you're going to be seeing a lot of little restaurants and stuff closing up because they can't get the uh, the people to work at those rates that's already happening did you go to, have you been down Piedmont? you know that pasta factory that opened up it's already closed they have well, gates around it and, and Cybell's pizza that's been there like a gazillion years right yeah the greasy yeah, pizza yeah. a dollar a slice yeah. Gone, left in October. I didn't know that. And what was the reason? It's already happening. Because of the wages? Uh, well, you know what? Probably the rent and, and the, loca the location. That's yeah. the prime real estate. Yeah. You have a lot of DoorDash restaurants on, on Peepon Ave that are opening up. You should look at Broadway. Broadway and Telegraph. I saw so many new places. I'm like, wow. Oh, yeah. You see all those new apartments around 51st and Broadway? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I remember. I remember Marriott. What was that restaurant that was a circle? It wasn't. It wasn't Marriott. Oh, uh, it was uh, no, that was. Um, 
uh, height, uh, not height. Uh, uh, oh crap! Yeah, they have good food up in there. Those, yeah, condos, yeah, they did actually. The breakfasts were in blunt. Everything was good there. Um, condos. What? Yeah, it's condos. Those are supposedly, I think, there's there's something along. Oh, it's up. It's further up, like you said, fifty first and Broadway. It's up further. There's supposed to be some low income. No, I think that one's on Telegraph. One of them is some low income ones coming up too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um. Got- Got some newest around here on 53rd and San Pablo, new building. Really? Apartments. Yeah, I mean, they're, it's sort of like, and I think Jerry Brown started all this stuff, too, with this Manhattanization of Oakland when um, he refused to build the uh, baseball stadium for the A's downtown, right across from the old cap wells down there. And that was mm-hmm. supposed to be in the home of the A's. And Jerry Brown said, oh, hell no. I want apartments. So I think what happened was Jerry Brown sold the city out for these Manhattan-type developers to come in here and to build these these units. Because they are def- these are definitely New York-type rents. These are stories that we hear about in, in New York. You didn't hear about this kind of stuff here in um, in Oakland. Uh, so let me take a little commercial break, and then we can come back, and then we can wrap up for today. This is T25CL Entertainment, Galaxy Talk Radio. United We Stand is the name of my show. Please visit our website at www.t25cl.com and check out our, our music artists and the things that we're doing. And uh, we're getting ready to start doing some new things around here, too. And, and, uh, and make sure you come down to uh, San Jose on, on March 23rd and see our film, United We Stand, at, the San Jose, at San Jose State at the Student Union Theater. Beautiful theater. So go into our website, check our music artists out, download our, uh, our artists' CDs, Support our artists, support T25CL Entertainment, check out our talk shows. Uh, King Coco will be on Sunday, Lorenzo will be on Monday, Rosalind will be on Wednesday, and I'll be on next Saturday again. And that um, guess keep checking us out, and we're going to be doing some good things. Oh, listen to, uh, to the radio station as well, the 24 7 music. Uh, radio station when you're sitting at your desk or or whatever you're doing and in your office in your place of business hey turn our station on turn it on in your barber shop beauty shop and check out our station and tell your friends to download the the little little icon for the radio tab or listen to it on your computer as well okay so please continue to support us here at T25CL Entertainment. Okay, let's do some summations for today because I'm still a, an accountant in my other life here until I can shut that life down and become a full-time, 100% of the time filmmaker for which I'm working on. And so still got to do the day-to-day stuff. So let's just kind of do some summations to where we are um, we've had a good discussion here about um, 
the rents and the things that are happening here in, in Oakland. And I can see this as being a gentrification process. It could be a combination of two things. It could be racial gentrification, and it can also be economic gentrification as well, too. Uh, Gina made a good point that is California being set up to be a state of the elites. Is that what all is wanted here? Are the people that are are making a lot of money either by way of Hollywood or Silicon Valley or what I saw out there on Interstate 5 last week. Um, there's going to be a whole bunch of money being made in agriculture. There's going to be a whole lot of money being made at, at, at the trade between here and China because we have one of the major ports in the world here. In the, with well, the you know what, too, Dre, is the up-and-coming cannabis. Uh, you know, we have um, hillsides galore where all that fire is. Mm-hmm. Could be up-and-coming marijuana farms. Well, that was one of the intents of uh, burning it up. Was That's what I'm thinking, way, too. Way, way and I do think this is become, going to become an elitist state. It already yep. is, pretty much. But one thing that it's going to do, too. And the suburbs will be the new ghettos. Section 8 will probably be a plenty out there. Well, yeah. It's, um, you know, that's one of the mistakes that they made years ago when they made the suburbs for the elites. If, if they had been thinking about it, they would have made the inner cities for the elites and made the suburbs for people who had the economic challenges and let that be the place for the the section eights and the low rents and and all of that and, and the hard that, commutes and the struggle even harder yeah oh, love america yeah so they made a real bad miscalculation when they developed blackhawk that should have been black negroes that they should have been <laughs> for. <laughs> and so <laughs> they, they really, really screwed up with that one. And that's just my opinion. That's my opinion. But uh, they should have, what they're doing now is uh, making Oakland uh, a heaven for the economic elitists. And um, in other day, driving out there to the Pittsburgh area, they got a whole bunch of new apartments out there in that Pittsburgh area, right next to the freaking. It's nice looking buildings that are out there, and I bet you those units are going to be somewhat affordable. Mm-hmm. Because what is that going to do? It, once the word gets out, that's what happened with Vallejo. Vallejo became affordable. What did that do? It sucked people out of Oakland. It happened in Antioch. Low-cost homes. You can buy a new home in Antioch for 185000 that you would be spending seven or eight or 900000 in Oakland if you had the same home. So this, there was this mass migration to Antioch and, and Pittsburgh and also out to uh, Brentwood as well. And so there's been a massive exodus going out into these areas. And 
subsequently the flip side of all that now the all this stuff that you used to hear about on the news in the streets of oakland you're hearing about it in in antioch in pittsburgh and even danville had a murder here a couple of weeks ago mm. and, and and so these are the sort of things well you know i wouldn't mind living in orenda <laughs> oh yeah this is oh, I like, gonna get cheap yeah, orenda, yeah. I, i'll take orenda <laughs> I, I like Arenda Moraga Lafayette. I, mm-hmm. just, I wouldn't mind there. being a bar, around the Bart line and, and cheap Arenda. I'll, I'll do that. Arenda Lafayette Moraga <laughs> is a great location because you get the best of both worlds. You mm-hmm. know, you're not that far away from the city. You're just on the other side of the hill. Exactly. And, <laughs> exactly. and, so, and you get a nice little community there so mm-hmm. you're at, and so that's definitely something i've been thinking about as well too Bone, is you is know what that's kind of i didn't know i didn't know Dan, danville wow danville had a murder that's yeah. that that's yeah you now you know it's changing mm-hmm. well you know what from a humanitarian state is you know the redlining district you, the developers get your biases out of your pens your architects get your biases out of your pens i'm not looking for a socialist country but i'm looking for a fair one and, you know, I think yeah. it's about time. It's just mm. that simple. The struggle is real. I've, sit back, I've sat back and gone over the scenarios of people in my family and watched their up and down and up and down to where now I've figured out the up and down. So the next time I get in, I will take someone else's advice that gave it to me. He's like, go on and get your license. Go on, I'm going to go on and get a certification. I'm going to go on and get the, 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 the IRS Thing, set up the trust and start doing my business out of that and, and let it thrive so that within five years I can tell you peace deuces I'm done <laughs> I see why people have dropped out and I have a friend that's a project manager that all these little gentrification bike lanes that you see these little tin speeders on in Scooterville mm-hmm. he designed all that but it was so racist that Caltrans that he ended up cussing them all out walked out got suspended went and got a job as a janitor at Highland and said, I'd rather push a broom than work for you. Yeah. And just said, forget it. It's not worth it. The jealousy, the, the once again, biases. Uh, what do they call it? I was just reading something. They call it um, some kind of uh, jealousy from, from the other world. That kind of stuff, you know, it's just, it's just that redlining thing is still going on. It's, it, and how do you stop these – the that's that systemic stuff that goes way down there. I don't want you to have a new car. I don't want you to buy beef in the store. I want you to buy the, the food that's killing you and your kids because we're going to make that pork affordable. Today it is two for a dollar. <laughs> mm. I've actually mm. seen that. Farmer John's in the store, it's like 10 for, it's, it's 10 for 10. It's a dollar a pack. And I'm like, wow, yeah, come buy this by the mounds because pretty much what you can afford, mm-hmm. you know. But I've found a way to get around the little grocery store blues, but that's my financial stuff. In the in my, you know, hey, there's a steak at, Ray, um, at Rayleigh's at five London, five ninety nine a pound. You get two for nine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's when I go hop on the on the beef thing. Well, that's why we've learned how to survive as a poor people. And you know we know what to do. Yeah, you I can know. hook up some ramen and make it gourmet. 
All right, start firing <laughs> it up, Bone. I'm ready for it. You make, <laughs> you're making me hungry now. I haven't eaten anything. I can, I can make some gourmet ramen. <laughs> I do. Right. And it's funny. I, I do. I do just because I like it. But, hey, you know, they sell it in the Asian market. They eat it every day. They're still here. All right. All right. But anyway, that's my okay. thing. It's, just, it's it's that bottom layer that that that, that forget that the sheep will start go to the bottom and start peeling that stuff away. Right. Irritates me right in the job market. Anyway, well, that's my take. Matter of fact, I saw a whole building vacant in Walnut Creek this week, right off the freeway. Why? Matter of fact, it was two buildings. One looked nicer than the other one. The other one had a busted out window. Whole Where building. Um, empty. Nice mm. building. Empty. They had a Ford Leaf sign on it. And, oh, really? Yeah, and I want to take a good look at it because I want the whole building. I just went for an interview in Walnut Creek. Yeah. And yeah, believe right it or there. not, you know what? I didn't see it. I, well, I wasn't looking. I was too it's focused right. on my computer. Yeah, it's right okay. off the side of the building. I mean, not, I mean, off the side of the freeway. Really? Yeah. I oh, went down. What is that? What is that? Treat? What's that main street in Walnut Creek? Ignacio or Treat? One of the two. Yeah, I think it was Treat. I went down Treat. Mm-hmm. I didn't, was it down Treat? No, it's before you get to Treat. Uh, yeah, I didn't see it. Then I went over to... Um, what is it? Sweet tomatoes. Have you ever been there? No, never have been. Oh my God! That, that, my, um, there's one in Dublin. It's a all-you-can-eat salad bar. How creative, right? All you can eat veggies. Everything that, that's centered around salad, soup, you know, bread. It, it's actually really good. It's a good. No, idea. I got another. I got another spot for you, but brother Ivy turned me on to out in Oakley. Oh, you love it. Really? You what can, is what is that you one? Can, you can pig out, and uh, <laughs> it has a culmination of it has some Chinese food, it has some Japanese food, but it also has uh, other things. It has some good chicken wings, got all kind of uh, vegetables and fruit, and and you wow. just go and pig out, put get whatever you want, and they just steadily bringing stuff out, steadily bringing stuff out. You know what, to back to, to something real quick, I think I did touch on something where this is going to be the elitist state. You have Musk right here. Isn't his company in Fremont? No, it's in Dublin. Oh, uh, you talk Tesla? Yeah, you got Tesla. Fremont. God knows what's coming up in that, that Salesforce tower. I mean, they always have something going on. Yeah, I think you know this might be yesterday. the recruiting area for the next all of the next big businesses. Would you say? Yeah, they had a big party over at Salesforce yesterday. Uh yeah, I heard about it. Um, and, when she went to and, interview, she was interviewing in the Salesforce building. She said there was some concert going on outside. Yeah, they have thirty thousand employees all over the world. My yeah, you know is, what, what? What What do they do? What does Salesforce do? <laughs> Um, I think it's centered around cloud-based technology. 
operations. I know some of our people that were at the tech company I worked for left and went there. And project managers, operations um, left and went there. Now, here's what's coming up. Oh, yeah, newsflash is cybersecurity. So one person that is on my references was at the company I was at. I was wondering when he was going to leave. He managed to get five years out of the company. He came in as a file clerk, left as uh, head of HR people, as they call it, just left there, went to another startup that is cybersecurity. And I've been kind of hearing about that. And I went and looked at the website, and it's that groundbreaking technology that I think is part AI and some of the other stuff. So, you know, a lot of companies might be moving this way, and this might become, the, the like you just said, the new New York, but the mecca of technology. Yeah. This is going to be the technology capital of the world right mm-hmm. here. And matter yeah, of fact, so all those, the, uh, all those places are coming up um, for a reason. That we don't know. And Oakland, San Jose, and Frisco is going to be the heart of all of it. Exactly. So we're living right on top of the gold mine here. And we're struggling to maintain our existence here. And they want us out of here for sure. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, Definitely. That- and a cat called me the other day wanting to buy my house. <laughs> Is that right? He was calling from really? the Silicon Valley company. I said, uh, all right, $1.2 million. He said, you know, we do all cash. Oh, wow. I said, Is that right? <laughs> Give me the name of your company. Give me the name of this company. They're there in Silicon Valley. I got his name and everything ready on the desk. So, wow. well, with all the stuff that we're talking about, $1.2 million would be nothing to get my black butt out of here with this. Prime real estate. But then where are you going? You can't afford Ooh. anything. There you go. Even with, with, with whatever I got left over, you couldn't live here. You know, I have somebody else. That, that sounds so good to someone else that I know that, oh, you can get a real. I'm like, where are you going to live? Yeah. <laughs> you moving out the state? Or laughing? Like, where are you going? Now, there are some affordable places, but it's so far away. You can move up to the tip Manteca. of Northern California, way up at the tip. Very uh, affordable. Wairica and places like that. But you better not have to find a job to survive. I know. You live off the land. Yeah, that's when you have to go get your chickens and your cows and your goats. That's your garbage disposal right there. Yeah. It's crazy. You know what, though, what you can do to sustain is get your license to grow uh, cannabis. Yeah, but you know, that's you know something to think about, you know. That's a growing that, industry, and you can get on the ground in ground coming up right now. Yeah, I know, I know, and I know uh, a sister that you've met here on the radio that has the licensing and everything right here in the city of Oakland is the best place to get a license. 
It's, it's the easiest. Might be something to, to do. I just don't know how to, you know, I, I actually applied for some jobs for accounting with weed companies, and I'm definitely a uh, newsflash. Uh, you, you might want to get the stock while it's a dollar a share because, you know, 20 years from now, that might be the new Amazon. Everybody well, walking around. Actually, <laughs> the price of weed is going way down. I mean, if you had some good quality weed, you could sell it for three to four thousand dollars a pound. Now, uh, people, you probably can only get three hundred dollars a pound. And okay, but but okay, but but my take is this: you have the okay, so it's been legalized, but it's not legal on a federal level. So the FDA has not come in to take over. Big Pharma is working with some of the cannabis companies because some of the ingredients out of cannabis is going into some of these pills that they're, you know, these newfangled drugs. Oh, that's another thing that's coming out here too, Dre, is biotech and pharma. And Mm -hmm. they're joining hands with cannabis. Once the federal government lifts their rigid ban on, oh, you know, it's such a sin to smoke weed. I don't smoke, so I'm just defending it from the the hypocritical point. Um, Once the FDA gets into it and then they start regulating it even more because they're going to want some of that money. I'm just watching the things that are evolving that the government's not fully in and I want to see how that changes. I'm looking at the the weed stocks. I've looked at quite a few of them. There's a couple of couple of companies that, yeah, I'm going to buy. I'm going to open up an account, and, and they're a dollar point forty eight a share, and they 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 go up and down to close to two, but they're waiting to take off. I mean, once those those umbrellas and the scientists merge pills with this, and I've had more people tell me, well, you have some aches and pains, you can get this, and it doesn't have that, and they have some edibles over. I'm not doing any of that. I'm one. I don't like the stuff too it's not regulated i want to read some ingredients i want, I want to, to make sure you don't have an embalming fluid in it okay yeah i, I want to talk to an accountant who <laughs> has done this for a weed company because you can't report this stuff your earnings at exactly the you can report it at the state level so how in the hell do, do you get paid do you, well, do you do it? It's just like when in my tax software, you do your federal return first before you do your state return, because all the federal information uh, flows over to the state software. Okay, so so watch watch the marches start coming and lift the ban, and government needs to open up the doors. But the government's going to open up the doors on cannabis. Once well, it's already a billion dollar plus industry, it's going to st- start gaining momentum and getting even bigger. Um, I think it's like the next Amazon you buy, and the next Facebook, and the next Google you buy now at a dollar. Ten years from now, hey, you might get forty dollar return on your dollar. Yeah, I just want to know how they're handling that from an accounting and a tax standpoint. When I don't, when you don't report that income at the federal level, but you report it at the state level, I I don't I don't know how it works. I I a friend of mine told me she applies. She says, but they can't paint. They can't. There's no payroll. <laughs> it's all cash. She says yeah, it's all cash. Oh my! You can't put the money in the bank. And if you think exactly, that's what I heard too. You can't. No. And, um, but, you know, if you think about it, 
look who they're going after now, finally, is Google and Facebook, because um, Mark Zuckerberg has been just getting away with a lot of stuff. Why? There's no regulation on him. He does what yeah. he wants. But the government is coming on, and I really think he was kind of set up with that, that Russia stuff. I think that's some inside BS and to, to get him, to break him, to bring him to Washington. But he's one of those temper tantrum tech kids that I don't want to do crap with you because I don't like you. Yeah, Elizabeth Warren said she's going to break him up. Yeah, and then um, um, you, you can't make any money without paying them. for they, they, That's the cabal right there. Um, him and there was someone else they were, they were going after that, that's kind of in stealth mode. Oh, another, another thing, too, over here, um, you know, up at Shoreline, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, over there by Walgreens? Mm-hmm. <laughs> They've done. They did some new construction. I'm like, okay, so you've made it over here. There are like 20 charging stations for Tesla. What? You know, and I thought it was a joke. I'm like, okay, why are you building all these? You know, this to me, that's a raggedy strip mall. It's just old. So I came flying through there one night because Safeway's open 24 hours, right? I came. I went by the. I almost ran into somebody. I was. Staring so hard, every single station had a car there. Wow. That's what I said. I said, now, where in the hell are you living over here? It has to be over there on the other part of the island where there's million-dollar homes. But I guess all of them have converted to Tesla and was complaining maybe. I don't know. There's 20 stations over there that they put exclusively for them. And I didn't think they would fill, be filled, right? went by every single one car sitting there waiting for other cars to get finished so they can go charge their cars. Yeah. How long does it take to charge one of those things? Heck, am I know. But the, uh, every single pump was filled or whatever charging station was filled with a car. I was I was looking going, where are you guys living? You know, where, where's, where's the rest of the elitist property? Because riding around here in this city in certain parts. Um... Well, it's over there in that development by the golf course in Safeway. Yeah, I forget what the, the, the – exactly. But the, it, there's still a part of it that's really old, super old. Yeah, those are the first but didn't homes. It, huh? Those are the first homes that went in. But – um, I don't see any new development coming up over there. Some of it I see going down. How's that? I see clothes hanging all out. And <laughs> it just looks slightly ghetto. Yeah, I that's where that's... A lot of the local athletes used to stay over there. <laughs> right. But I think it's probably gone down now below athlete standards. Uh, yeah. It ha- Actually, you know what it has? You don't see them over here like you used to. You used to be Ooh. baseball players in the store and stuff like that. They're not here anymore. Yeah, Actually, I, think, I think a lot of them have gone to Blackhawk. Uh, yeah, I think that's where some of the Warriors are. It's out that way. And then a, a lot of the ballplayers be jumping those those $5,000 a month rental apartments to Jack London Square. Take the whole first floor, you know, the whole top floor. Yeah, they'll Even stay the there. The... Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. the new ballplayers. The, the rookies... The second year guys, they'll stay in places like that. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. So, 
But there's nothing for them. No. But all the eateries that are opening up, opening up all the everything's going to be happening in the state. We're the richest, yeah. one of the richest states, and we're going to get richer. I'm looking at the change around me too. Okay, I'm gonna stay in my little cubby hole as long as I can. All right. You guys know. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say something funny. I was like, why? I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you, and <laughs> this commercial just came on. It said Taco Bell delivers. Why? No, 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 no. <laughs> why? Wait a minute. Do you know that was – my son told me that was ranked the number one Mexican restaurant. They actually have kiosks mm. in there when you go in there so you can order your food. <laughs> this is crazy. I'm, Taco I'm Bell's – <laughs> Delivering diarrhea. Where is the healthy in that? <laughs> you know what? When Taco Bell was first built, that was my spot. I used to drive from operative over word here. first. <laughs> yeah, I used to drive from here over there by the Eastmont Mall to where they had one, and <laughs> go there and buy ten tacos and tear them up. I think they were twenty-five cents a piece. Tear yeah, well, up. you know what? That's now they have delivery. I'm like, by the time you, you put it in the little wrapping, it's cold. By the time it gets to your door, it'll be frozen. That's what I was tripping on with Trump when he bought those Mickey D burgers for those and, athletes. You know, that stuff was rubbery. Somebody has to go out and buy all that stuff at some Burger King or Mickey D's. Or Break Castle, what was that, Blue Castle, White Castle, White and Castle. Then, Stack it all up, put a photo up, and then <laughs> talk about make America great again. <laughs> and with all these burgers piled up, and with all these athletes standing around, and then a lot of them were looking at it too, like they didn't want to eat it. How could you? And stuff after it sits like that, not under a heat lamp, and the stuff had to go through White House security. And all of that crap, and and the, so those burgers have probably been sitting out four or five hours. They're not edible mm-hmm. at that point, and and it's mm-hmm. just so disrespectful not to, uh, uh, you know, just have the White House cooks uh, uh, make them something. I know, wasn't that, that, that was just, that was awful. Yeah. Okay, anyway. I'm going to, I'm going to wrap it up today because they're calling me. I got to get on some more calls and uh, we'll do it again next week. This was a nice little intimate call. So um, let's tune in again next Saturday at 10 a.m. United We Stand and let's see where we are next week. Okay, Bo? Okay, sounds good. Okay, let's close out with Hotep and Aslamalikum. Bye. Later.